Knock, knock. Who's there? An unwanted guest. An unwanted guest who? Murdered another guest. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Audio Shelf. A place where we take you on a fantastic journey through our audiobook adventures. I'm Brad. And I'm Brittany. And we are the voices in your head. Today, we are going back to our roots, and we are reviewing an audiobook from our choosing. Crazy. Crazy how that works. It's insane. And we have to say thank you to our patron, and uh, he's in the producer tier, Paul, from the audiobook reviewer. Mm, Hey, Paul. So thank you, Paul, for your continued patronage. We appreciate you. So today we're going to be reviewing An Unwanted Guest by Sherry LaPena. <laughs> I found that when it was starting, like some people pronounced her name like LaPena. LaPena. And then other people did LaPena. LaPena. And I, I don't know why her end, the end doesn't have a little nah over An top accent? of it. accent? <laughs> yeah. A little squiggle line? That thing. I don't know. Uh, I miss it. I think it should be there. The narrator of this book is Hilary Huber. That was a pretty easy name to get there. So there's really no, <laughs> there's no jokes. <laughs> well, she she narrated the Riley Sager book that we read. Oh, she did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The publisher of An Unwanted Guest is Penguin Audio. The audiobook release date was August 7th, 2018. It was like a summer summer novel, which is yeah. weird because it was taking place in a cold, brisk, like, night brisk. storm. Isn't brisk like... <sighs> I feel like brisk is like, oh, like, it was a fall brisk, brisk morning. This was like 17 feet of snow. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. I don't... I wouldn't call that... I would say that's a blizzard. Maybe I just wanted that iced tea. I, yeah, I think you really like the word brisk, which is fine. It's totally, I enjoy it as well. It's one of those words that doesn't make my tongue all combobulated. <laughs> brisk. <laughs> so, they do not sponsor us. <laughs> the duration of this book is eight hours and 27 minutes, and the genre is thriller, suspense. Basically, the 1985 cult classic movie Clue in book form. Basically. <laughs> and also, a lot of people said they she she paid homage to Agatha Christie's And Then There Were None, which was also like a murder mystery clue kind of thing. Which we have not listened to. We have not listened to. Have, we, have you ever done an Agatha Christie book? I tried. I tried doing the first one in the series. Okay. And it was really boring. That's because it's like... 1892 or something. Yeah, it was isn't really that, boring. Isn't she old? I mean, she's dead, but no, like... I don't think she's dead. Agatha Christie. Is she dead? Agatha Christie? <laughs> Let's find out. I mean, who names her child Agatha anymore? So she must be. <laughs> We're going to find out she's actually like a 32-year-old <laughs> blonde surfer tri- chick. No, maybe I'm getting her confused with... Oh, she dead. Oh, she dead? She died 40 years ago. Oh, rip, rip, <laughs> rip. 
Yeah, all of her pictures are black and white. Oh my god. That's how old she was. And I can't pronounce the main character's name. Hercule Poirot. Hercule Poirot. Gwen? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, from from the Agatha Christie books. Oh. The Her Hercule Hercules, Hercules. Per Perot or something like that. That's a French ass name. <laughs> You're definitely not French. Uh, so tell us where you got the summary from and the summary, please. So I got the summary from Amazon and the summary is, it's winter. <laughs> <laughs> it's winter time. <laughs> in the Catskills and Mitchell's Inn, nestled deep in the woods, is the perfect setting for a relaxing, maybe even romantic, weekend away. It boasts spacious old rooms with huge wood-burning fireplace, as well as a well-stocked wine cellar and opportunities for cross-country skiing, snowshoeing, or just curling up with a good murder mystery. That's meta. That's so meta. That's real. And I was like, why are they talking about snow snowshoeing and skiing? Why? But I guess we'll continue. Have you never been up on a mountain? <laughs> I don't like skiing. It hurts me. <laughs> My legs go everywhere. You wouldn't like snowshoeing either, probably. I don't even know what that means, but I won't. I don't think I like it. It's like it's like when you like uh, wear tennis rackets on your feet. You yes. Oh okay. Yes, All basically. Right. Basically. Okay. Uh, so when the weather takes a turn for the worse and a blizzard cuts off the electricity and all contact with the outside world, the guests settle in and try to make the best of it. Soon, though, one of the guests turns up dead. Oh, no. He just woke up dead. Dead. It looks like an accident. But when a second guest dies, they start to panic. Within the snowed-in paradise, something, or someone, is picking off the guests one by one. And there's nothing they can do but hunker down and hope they can survive the storm. And one another. Ooh, hunker down and pray for daylight. Mm hmm. Basically. Mm. Seriously, why is that like my word of 2018? Basically. Basically. It tells you basic. I mean, yeah, basically. <laughs> but like, I, I swear the previous like four episodes, that's all I've been saying. It's annoying. Hmm. Anyway, so this book. We have not discussed together at all. We saved it for the mic. Uh, yes. And I am excited, but I'm nervous because here's where, here's where, here's why I'm nervous. Okay. Tell me why you're nervous. You wrote the stats. Yeah. I got them from Amazon. Yes. But you added basically the 1985 cult classic clue. So I feel like you're going to not like this book. Because you think it's a ripoff. No. Okay. All right. All right. No, Let's not delve. true. Let's delve. Let's delve. <laughs> so the reason why I said that little jokey thing in the, in the, what is it called? Stats. Stats. There you go. <laughs> um, is because we always add in something funny. We do. And pretty much the entire time I was listening to this book, I had in my mind all of them like shuffling from one room to the other together, like in a huddle. Yes. Kind of like how they did in Clue. Mm. With like just random outside players that weren't really important to the story dying yes like the mate or i mean yeah. i guess his name was bradley <laughs> <laughs> that's very true 
Yeah. Um, um, so that's they, why I said that. And then they would always accuse each other right in front of each other. Yes. I think they were you always, did it. I yeah. think you did it. It was you. <laughs> and it was like, no, it really wasn't. Yeah. Um. So that's why I said that. But no. So I liked the book was a nice pace. Mm-hmm. I thought that it did great starting off, getting us in the motion of everything and getting people dying. Mm-hmm. So that's really what I came here people, for. Yeah, people dead. I needed people to die. Yes. So when they started <laughs> dropping like flies, I was like, yes, this is my life. Yes. Um, But then I feel like at the end, everything was just stapled on. Mm. Like the last five pages, she was like, you know what? I didn't make it to the printing press in time. Let me just hot glue these pages in to this book. Mm-hmm. And that's where I kind of was like, yeah. So I agree. I thought that ending was very choppy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I was it, it was leading up to this huge reveal about yeah. who was doing it. And there were so many clues about like how we didn't really know who could have done it. But like the the end of the killer. What? Why? Yeah. yeah. Why? That's the thing is that there was no way for us to deduce mm-hmm. on our own. Who did it? So like in other um, Sherry books, like The Couple Next Door, we could kind of piece together what happened a little Mm -hmm. bit, like as it went on, as we gathered the evidence, it kind of like flowed through. Yeah. This one, it was just like, oh, she's a sociopath. Mm hmm. Yeah. And then it was it was the entire explanation from her point of view, from the like character who had done it. POV. Here's how I think she wrote the book. I think that she had the killer in mind from the get-go. I think she had who was killed in mind. Mm-hmm. I think she came up with the killer story by by itself and then said, let's throw this in a situation where it becomes a murder mystery of people trying to figure out who the killer is, but they won't. They're, they're unable to figure it out. Right. And I think that's where she started from, because if if you think about it, throughout the whole book, I think Sherry did a great job with like a third person narrative kind of yes. situation where uh, when there are tons of characters in a book, I, I sometimes get lost. Yeah. For instance, I, and I hate to throw shade, but with Ruth Ware, with women, uh, the woman in Cabin 10, I was kind of lost because there were so many different characters and I didn't know the direction of or the, or their perspective of who was speaking. Mm-hmm. So with Sherry, it was different for me because I knew every time when someone was speaking, I knew who they were following along with. Yeah. And so I was really happy about that. And then when it got to the ending, I was like, you've not only, there's not an unreliable narrator here, but it's yeah. an unreliable author. Yes. There was this idea of like, how are we ever going to figure this out? Mm-hmm. When we weren't given information. We weren't. And literally the cops had nothing to go off of except an earring. Except an earring. And I was just like. I was like. I lose my earrings all the time. And then. The Am ho- I going to be accused of murder? Exactly. And when they when the book ended, I'm like, you, this girl's going to get off. Yeah. Like there's no evidence here at all. But I think the ending ending pretty much wrapped up that she would not be able to. Like in her mind. Oh, by the way. 
spoilers. Oh yeah, spoilers. Like we do spoilers now. So I was like, I was thinking, I was like, I think this makes it harder to talk about this book if we don't give spoilers. Yeah, I mean, you could still buy the book, but we're talking about the book, so you don't have to. Yes. Like, we we got you covered. <laughs> but still buy the book because it's a good book, and Sherry's a great author. Yes. And you can put it on your shelf, and everybody would be so impressed, and then. If they ask you about it, you could be like, oh, yeah, I know this point, this point, and this point. Uh-huh. Because we already summarized it for you. you. We are your spark notes. Exactly. Anyway, spoilers. So the ending ending with Lauren being like, ha-ha, I'm getting away with it. Yes. And it's they have nothing to pin it on me. Like, all they have is an earring. And then Beverly. Beverly is my girl. Beverly coming in with the drugging and the murder of Henry. Ugh. Her cheating, lying, disgusting of a pig husband. Yes. Comes in and is like, I use Lauren's medication. Mm-hmm. That right there is what is going to like book Lauren and she's going to be in a jail cell. And if they have the death penalty in this book, then... She's going to get She's going to get it because she's going to kill four people. Four people. Four. four. And if they, they I, I would say they pin Riley's murder on Lauren, too. Oh, yeah. Because so that's, that's five people. That was probably like indirect homicide or something. Yeah. And yeah. what did the, the voluntary? Yeah. The detective said, I don't even think she knew who she was running from. No. Well, she was running from somebody. Yep, she was running from somebody because somebody was out there picking them all off. Exactly. Except she wasn't. She really wasn't picking them all off. She wasn't. She honestly only had Dana in mind for for dying. Mm-hmm. Like she wanted to kill her, and then Bradley, classic Brad, classic Bradley, who classic she, Bradley, who she named the name the character after. Okay, me. father and son. <laughs> I could not. I could not. <laughs> I, she said it together at one point, and I was like, Brad. <laughs> so, father's name was James, son's name is Bradley, my first, and my and my middle name. <laughs> <laughs> and the book was like, Bradley, James. And I was like, what the hell? What the hell? What the hell? Where is she? <laughs> um. So that was a nice little nod. Thank you, Sherry. <laughs> yes, I know she she loves me. Yeah, that was totally intentional. <laughs> so intentional. I'm looking for a Britney next time. <laughs> <laughs> Sherry knows who we are. Yes. We're not just being egotistical. <laughs> um. Anyway, um. So yeah, yeah, Lauren only had the intention of going in mm-hmm. and killing one person. And then it was by the, the fault of... Bradley and then Lauren's um, misinterpretation. Yeah. That two more people had to die. Mm hmm. Ugh. Poor Candace. Poor, poor Candace. Poor Candace. She was just there to write a damn book. She didn't even want to make friends. Write a damn book about lesbians. Yes. Let's be honest. Lesbians adopting a child. I was like, she, that's what, that's what true crime, crime, little. That's what true crime there you go. writing gets you. It does. Murdered. Murdered. <laughs> <laughs> With you never getting to have any relationships yep. at all. Man. It Ugh. was a sad, sad time for Candace. Mm-hmm. She had like one chapter and it was to introduce her sad life. <laughs> and, and, and then she died. <laughs> and she was a B word too. She, she was like, was. I'm better than you all. Like, I don't have time for this. Let me go in my room. Yeah. <laughs> she just really wanted to work on her book. and. Nope. Nope. <laughs> She's dead. She's not going to make that deadline. No. <laughs> she is a deadline. <laughs> so, um, 
the pacing of the book, going back to that a little bit, I thought it was pretty, pretty good. It was an eight hour book, which mm-hmm. is extensive, but I listened to it at 1.5, 1.7, teetering in between there yeah. at different times. Mm-hmm. And it was great. Mm-hmm. 1.0, I felt like Hillary was kind of like, it was too slow for me. Yeah. Um, so I could not listen to it at 1.0. Mm-hmm. But 1.5, pauses were great. Um, her voices, you could still tell the characters, her male voices. She did a little differentiation with them. Mm-hmm. It was perfect. She gave each character their own personality as well. Yeah, I agree. I did 1.5 as well. And like I said, with Sherry's writing, as well as Hillary's narration, I could definitely tell the perspectives of each character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're... Now, <clears throat> question. When we found out, when we find out Henry was drugged and disabled, where was he when the cop showed up? He was in that chair. They left him sitting there. With no, when the cop was, the, the cop interviewed all those people. Yeah. And then didn't say, hey, mute. No, she walked in and she was like, oh, he dead. Oh, he's dead. Yeah. She walked in and was like, he's not blanking. <laughs> definitely dead so maybe that's why i was like i for some reason i kept having my in my mind this man like uncle bernie style (laughs) like sitting there like this and she was like yes (laughs) and she was like henry do you have any questions for me and then like someone in the back shaking his head no he did he did (laughs) (laughs) no like I love when Beverly woke up. She's a great actress. Yes. She like woke up and was like, Henry, no. no. And then it was just like, Ugh. it spiraled from there. And they pretty much like left the bodies where they were. They moved Dana and everything like that. They but did. Henry, they didn't have a lot of time because they were like, oh, mm-hmm. people are murdering us in our sleep now. Exactly. We need to get a move on with these cops. Yes. <laughs> Which I wonder if that was her plan, like all along. If Beverly, if that was Beverly's plan, like the entire time. Because when did she discover Lauren had her sleeping pills? Um, when was that? They went into Lauren and Ian's room at some point. Well, it was after. It was after the first murder, because she was like, because Beverly saw Ian smile at Dana. Or wait, she saw Henry smile at Dana. No, she saw. Who did she see? Ian smile. Ian was the one that we never heard of, and then all of a sudden he was pinned yes. for the murder. Like yes. all of a sudden, but like she was saying, Ian looked at someone differently and like oddly, and that's when she knew that he was a murderer. Oh, but oh, that, oh, 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 she he looked at Bradley's body. Bradley, oh, Candace's body. It was it was Bradley's it was body. Bradley's it was body. Bradley's body because they were bringing him in, or they were taking him to like the ice thing, and then they came in and like reported that yes. he was dead. And Ian, she said that Ian had like a smirk on his face or yes. something like that. And then um, when she, really the boy just saw a dead body, yeah, the the third one of the night, exactly. I would be a little like off of my emotions, like it, I would not know what to do. Exactly. And then so then she said that. Uh, Lauren was had sleeping pills, so I think she took those. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, because yeah. I remember her going through like when she got them, but mm-hmm. then now as we're reviewing it, I can't remember like when that was. Yeah, because she did go over it. So like, Beverly has her own part in the last minute. It's like her own chapter of how she did this and how she killed her husband. So I was trying to figure out if she had done it 
before she figured out that he was cheating on her or after, but it was, I think, definitely after. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think after as well. Yeah. And it's funny because both Beverly and Henry had the same agenda. Mm-hmm. Once they found out people were dying, they were yeah. like, how do we kill our significant other? Yes. <laughs> I mean, Henry, if he wouldn't have hesitated in with that fire poker. Oh, yeah. He would not be dead. Mm-hmm. Beverly would be the one that was living. Yep. Which I'm glad that it was Henry that died because he was gross. Yes. And I love that Beverly was like, you're not divorcing me. You don't love her. This is a midlife crisis. Mm-hmm. You think she's going to love you? You're fat. <laughs> <laughs> You're fat. You're old. Yes. And it's been a month. Mm-hmm. No. No. How could you want to like break up your like family, your like marriage and not even work on it after meeting somebody a month ago? Exactly. And named Jilly. Named Jilly. And why are you going to call her? What is she, your- a Jilly bean? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you going to call your wife a nag? Like who? That That is so outplayed. Yeah. Who does that? Your wife ain't a nag. No. And you're maybe, a nag. This might be coming because I'm a nag. I nag. I, I nag too. So. But I don't expect Sean to kill me with a fire poker. Exactly. Yet. Leave us nags alone. <laughs> <laughs> Let us nag in our corners. <laughs> <coughs> Break time for bread. It's bronchitis. Don't make me laugh. <laughs> The chill. Uh, So yeah, Uh, so going back to Ian and Lauren, why didn't we heard nothing from them the entire book? I feel like yeah, it was very like they did not have as big of a part as um, David and Gwen and even Riley, Mm -hmm. who was also one of the victims. Yeah, technically, Um, even Bradley. We heard more from Bradley. Yep. I don't. It was just weird. And then all of a sudden I was like, I was probably like seven hours in and I was like, who is this other couple they keep talking about? Yeah. Oh, who's Ian? Lauren? Who are these people? Yeah. Because I kept getting Lauren and Gwen mixed up. Right. But I knew Gwen's storyline. So I was like, but her name's not Lauren. What am I doing? What are you, what's going on here? And so that's, that was the only thing that I did not like. Because earlier I said that Sherry LaPena did a great job with having multiple characters mm-hmm. in this third person narrative. But sometimes she left a little less time for other characters. Yeah, exactly. Like she did a great job with like not putting too many characters in that mm-hmm. we got lost. Yeah. But then I feel like she kind of lost them or maybe she didn't want to give too much away mm-hmm. it, it very much reminded me of that one leanne moriarty book that we did not like um the truly madly deeply truly madly gu- guilty, guilty. <laughs> deeply uh yes that one where it was like we didn't need these cuts uh like from scene to scene like mm-hmm. you could have played out the entire story and it just been a novella yeah. like very quickly and we would have been none the wiser mm-hmm. and it would have been a great book. But instead it was like every time we got to a scene in, in truly madly guilty, we would suddenly have to like snap back to the past or into the present day. Something, something weird, even mm-hmm. though the mystery was not that big of a deal. Yeah. Um. In this one, it felt, it felt kind of similar in that there wasn't, there was never enough detail to put into the book 
to begin with. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like this one very well could have been a shorter novella type three Mm -hmm. hours long where it's escape the winter. Yes. There was this hour worth of the book that they were looking for things. Yeah. And it was like describing them looking for things. And I'm like, do we need a whole hour's worth of them looking for something? Nothing. They found, I, I don't remember. Oh, they found a gun. They found the fact that Matthew had a gun. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, that was the the, the big find they had after this hour yeah. of search. I'm like. And also when Matthew fired the gun. Mm-hmm. Never. We didn't hear anything about that ever again. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't actually hit anybody, even though he thought he did. Um, nothing came of it. It was just he fired the gun and people heard it. Mm-hmm. And then that's when they found Bradley's body. Yeah. But he didn't. He, Bradley's body was not injured because of the the gun. Mm-hmm. It was because of like some like snow thing yeah. or shoe thing. Every time I imagine Bradley, I thought of Rami Malik. <laughs> oh, no yeah. I have no idea why him and his little um, Freddie Mercury wife beater <laughs> walking around with a tray. You imagine him as Freddie Mercury in a wife beater walking around with a tray serving sandwiches and drinks? Yes. Wow, that's an imagination. (laughs) That art. Uh, But there were some clues that when Lauren was going over her chapter and like mm -hmm. how she did it and how she was going to continue to get away with it, that we could have found clues. We could have found the notepad that had that was kind of dug in to... um, from the previous page that said like I know what you did in block letters yeah. like from Bradley um we we they could have discovered that and that could have been like who wrote this note who yeah. knows what's going on yes and that could have been a whole point that we could have explored yeah i mean i feel like since sherry is so great with mysteries and mm-hmm. thrillers that this was just kind of subpar yeah mhm i don't know does that sound i don't i don't want it to sound harsh but I'm being honest. No, no, I don't think it's. I think this is her first time doing a novel like this. And you could tell. Like for The Couple Next Door and A Stranger in the House, they were kind of cemented in this idea of this couple, this this crazy couple yeah. that has a lot of secrets. Uh-huh. And she was able to kind of tell a, uh, a story about this couple, about a couple of their the family members that surround them but not not many yeah or friends that surrounded them but it always came back to the couple and yeah. i think that's why her first two novels really worked five out of five mm-hmm. this one she was including all these different um, relationships from past and future yeah how are we to know lauren knew dana and yes. Dana's real name was Danny. So what? like so like that's the thing is that we didn't get any hints to this in the beginning. Yeah. We didn't get um and someone recognizing that Lauren had an odd expression on her face. Yeah. Or or you know, something. Or there was another person that was tied to the foster care system in some way, or mm-hmm. that they were brought to this place for some type of reason. Exactly. Like, there was none of that. Like what if Dana told Matthew, oh, there's this one time this girl killed this boy. Yeah. And I was there. Why why did Matthew need to be completely oblivious to that yeah. to Dana's past? Right. But and, instead, if if Lauren she didn't know if she had told Matthew or not. Yeah. But 
even if she didn't didn't know that she still just like pushed her down the stairs and then and then thought about it afterwards like oh what if she told him exactly but then didn't go after matthew at all no like there was nothing for no her because she needed him. matthew to blame but yeah if your goal was to take care of dana you gotta take care of the husband too Right. Or the fiance. And don't you think I would have you would have had a bigger wow moment if you would have heard Matthew say, well, Dana had a past and she knew someone that killed someone. Yes. And then at the very end, when Lauren was rehashing her conversation with Dana, they could have said, well, you told Matthew about us. Right. And then she was like, I'm not going to lie to my future husband. Yeah. That would have been a wow moment that would have been like a light bulb moment for yeah. for everybody and i think that would have had a bigger impact mm -hmm. the second you sent me a text message and you were like we haven't heard french we haven't heard french 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 we haven't heard much from uh ian and, and lauren yeah there's something up with them exactly i immediately was like you're right one of them did it exactly because you haven't heard we haven't heard anything from them and i'm sorry when henry was dying i was like Beverly. 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 Beverly got him. Yes. But right when he was like, I can't breathe. I can't. I'm looking around. Nothing. I know that I'm going to die. I know I'm going to die. And I was like, get it, Beverly. And I was like, yeah, Beverly. So uh, even that twist on a twist yeah. was not a twist. And I think I just smiled because I was like, yeah, get it, girl. Yes. And it wasn't like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like it made me feel complete because it validated what I had already created in yeah. my head for the story. Yeah. So. I don't know. This one, I could take it or leave it. Yeah. I did like the setting, though. I really, it put me in yes. the perfect mood for this, this cold-ass season. Yes. Oh, my God. I've been so cold. And I think the character or the cold was a character in itself in the Ooh. book. Ooh, that's deep. Yeah, the whole winter, the idea of winter. <laughs> don't know why it was released in summer, but whatever. Yeah, it was released during one of the hottest months. Yeah. Typically. Exactly. So, but I but I am excited because yes, this book wasn't a dead on like perfection kind of put it on the shelf share uh, Lapania book that we've had in the past. I'm excited to kind of see her grow as an author. Yeah. To take chances. Because some authors just do the same thing over and over again. And Nicholas Parks, it gets boring, mm -hmm. you know? Yes, So I'm, ex does. I'm excited to see her challenge herself in that way to say maybe instead of doing this book about a couple, let's do it about a group of strangers. Yeah. If this was her, like, first foray mm -hmm. into groups of people and a mystery within the groups and giving each group, like, a... a a voice like um oh my gosh what was the one book that we read about the baby kidnapped baby a couple next door no no not that one a it wasn't a house? sherry oh it wasn't it wasn't a sherry kidnapped baby oh yes it, they were in new york yes and it was a group of women a mommy oh groups. oh the mother um perfect mother perfect mother yes that one who did that one? Amy Malloy. Okay, thank you. You are so good with titles and names. <laughs> um, Amy really had a good grasp on giving each voice its own voice, giving mm -hmm. each character its own like 
kind of style. Yeah. And so I feel like that's what I went into this almost expecting because Sherry has done so perfectly with the couple next door and a stranger in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it didn't hit that, when it wasn't quite the same, which I know they're two different authors, but we have like a past with Sherry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was, I was disappointed. Yeah. But again, if this is her first, her first one in the group stuff, she did a great job. Mm-hmm. It, I would, I wonder what she would try next. Dogs. Dogs. A murder mystery with dogs where the human the dogs dies. don't die. The human dies. <laughs> and the dogs try to find out who did it. Yes. <laughs> We're still in children's book land, so. <laughs> uh, so did we answer the question of if we would shelf it or shove it? Like, I feel like we did, but then I think, we probably should give a more concrete answer. Yeah, we should. So <laughs> what would your answer be? I would shove this one. Okay. No surprise. Not mm-hmm. a twist ending. Mm-hmm. Do you have a twist? I would shelf this. Really? Because I could say. I'm more shocked than Beverly. Cheryl LePenis. On my shelf. You could say that already. <laughs> oh, uh, you're a collector. Yes, I am a collector. And so I, and it was a really pretty cover. It However, was. The cover had a girl on a cover. I looked back at it. I said, it has to be a girl. Like midway through the book, I looked on the cover and there was a girl. There was a woman. It looked, It could be revealed as a boy as well, but you could obviously tell it was a girl walking in the winter. Really? And so I was like, it has to be a girl killer. <gasps> oh, that's fascinating. I'm going to see. It has, Yeah, it does have a very like beautiful ending. Oh, yeah, that does look like a girl. It looks like a girl. Yeah. So it totally, the cover, you got to watch your cover, Sherry Lapinus. I mean, Sherry Lapena. Pena. Lapena. Jalapena. Jalapena. Um, yeah, but again, it's a very pretty cover. It reminds me of uh, A Christmas Carol. Yes. A Christmas Carol meets Clue. Yes. Meets good old spanking of Agatha Christie. Murder. <laughs> oh, wow. So, yeah, you shelving it. Twist. Twist. We want to say thank you again to Paul from the audiobookreviewer.com for being a producer on this episode. Be sure to check out his podcast and his reviews. Um, he does interviews and also um, just audiobook chats. So be sure to check him out. He also has an, an audiobook reviewer award ceremony, I think. Mm. And that sounds pretty exciting. Mm. Neat. And it's also a way to support us if you want to be like Paul. Be like Paul, you should log on to our Patreon and look for us and submit some payments to us. I'm failing miserably at this. (laughs) Do you want me to do it? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Oh, and if you're looking to support. If you're looking to support us in the uh, new year and help us reach our goals, feel free to find us on Patreon. You can find it in our website under this episode or in our Twitter bio or just search Patreon for Audio Shelf. You can donate a dollar and you help us get one step closer to bringing video and better everything to our show. So please, please, please think about supporting 
We just got a new patron last week. Hello, new patron. Hello, Jamie. Thank you. And if you want to stay up to date with Audio Shelf, be sure to check out all of our social media outlets. We are found on Facebook at Audio Shelf, Twitter at Audio Shelf Me, and Instagram, Audio Shelf underscore podcast. And please subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcast. Spotify. Spotify. <laughs> We're everywhere. iTunes. Stitcher. Google Play. Yes, there you go. Those are just a rough and dirty list of them. Yes. Until next review. Bye. Bye. You didn't sound very excited on that one. Uh, did I? It's my nasals. You're just like, bye. <laughs> this has been Audio Shelf, where we release new episodes every Monday. If you want to stay updated, listen to previous episodes, or suggest audiobooks for us to feature, visit us at audioshelf.me. We are Brad and Brittany. Thank you for listening.